0: What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space.
1: I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And today we are talking about the book Progressive Witchcraft Spirituality, Mysteries, and Training in Modern Wicca, written by Janet Farrar and Gavin Bone. Now, this book came out in 2004, so I'm going to say it's a modern book. I would agree. Right? Yeah. Um, and you probably already know, people listening to us, even if you haven't read, Anything by Janet Farrar, you should know the name because we did talk about her book with her first husband, Stuart Farrar, um, *The Witch's Bible*. Yes, and now this is a book that she wrote with her husband, Gavin Bone. So, I think we've already talked about her, but um, she's written so many books. She has. She was initiated into Wicca with her first husband, and it was Alexandrian Wicca that they were initiated into. And Gavin Bone was initiated into witchcraft by Raymond Buckland. And it was the Saxon witchcraft tradition that he was initiated into. And of course, they have been lecturing and writing and just doing their own witchy selves for many, many years. Yeah. So, Why this book if we've already read something by Janet Farrar? Well, you know, we talk about old books and we talk about how well, sometimes we vibe better with the modern books and you know your practice can evolve, it can change, you can change as a witch.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I thought it would be great to get her later on to find a book that is just as influential as the other book. This book has been, still is. And to talk about the differences, the similarities, and to how she has evolved in her own practice. And I think you do find a lot of things that are different.
0: That's actually genius. Um, And I don't know why I didn't like put two and two together prior to right now, but like that totally makes sense. We talk so much about like allowing yourself to grow and change, to do the work, to really like do what works for you. Obviously, we should be demonstrating that through the books that we're reading. And so being able to read Janet when she started versus now, I think is actually really impactful. And Scorpio, um, you're really smart. Well, thank you so much for that. Ew.
1: So, um, there's a lot to this book. I feel like this is another meaty book. This is not a book you're just going to sit and read and go, oh, that was cute, and, like, toss it. Not that any of the books are like that, but some are lighter. And I feel this one, they're going to talk about different things, but you really should be reading in the context of what does this mean to me, if that makes any
0: sense. Yes, absolutely. So,
1: So let's start with the quote.
0: You know, I had so many quotes from the beginning. I, I didn't know what to choose. Me too. Also, I wrote down things, which is already impressive. Um. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I will tell you this. I also highlighted in this book.
0: Shut up.
1: I think we're rubbing off on each other.
0: This is so great. This is growth. <laughs> we're showing growth.
1: <laughs> okay, so first, I thought that the first quote got me because... The title, progressive witchcraft. So the term progressive, so they talk about what that means. Mm -hmm. So they said the term progressive does not indicate a specific tradition, but a way of seeing the spiritual truths that underlie all nature-based religions, especially the truth that they must be able to adapt if they would cater to the spiritual needs of the individual. I felt like not only did we get a definition of progressive or progressive witchcraft is, But it's kind of like what we've been talking about, this idea of adapting, this idea of what are your needs now as a witch in 2022 versus a witch in 20, sorry, um, 1950 or 1960, (laughs) anything, right? So the fact that that's what they started out with, that was on page 10, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, But then I also liked where they said witches challenge the status quo not just within their own spheres practice practice but also in the wider world
0: okay yes let's do it let's go okay first quote that i wrote down is that evolution is the core of this philosophy witchcraft philosophy whether the practitioners have realized it or not and then janet and gavin kind of use that to go into now in the 21st century it is the corporations and the governments that have become the authority to be challenged by the witch these institutions put materialism over spirituality. And then further they say, the paradox is that now spirituality can be purchased just like fast food from your nearest bookshop. And we all know how I feel about that. Yes. Eat the rich. <laughs> but also I think, you know, there, I think we kind of moved and you can see the change from Gardner to this book now of like nature-based religion being kind of like an in quotes thing where it was kind of more a ceremonial maybe even fertility kind of religion where it was about the coming together of the god and the goddess and that sort of thing you can see from this book where the progression historically became no this really is a nature based religion we're following the cycles of the year in a more legitimate way And so to then have Janet Farrar be like, hey, not only is it essential to value evolution as a concept of nature, but we're also watching the evolution of our own spirituality being co-opted by this thing that's happening in the environment, what's happening now people are going, oh my God, can I buy a spell from you? oh my god, tell me all about crystals, like I want to use that, without any kind of depth or nuance. And so the thing that's taking away from us is not another religion, but our own inability to treat our spirituality as a spirituality. Yes. In fact, one of the
1: things they say in the book, that this book is a quest for the spiritual experience that is witchcraft. Um, and I think we've also talked about that, that idea that you know, how many crystals do you need to have? right? Yes. Um, are you actually working with the 50 crystals that you spent all this money on that is also depleting the earth? or no, I'm are not. you honestly working with five, you know, yeah. and then it's it's cool to have those five. No one's saying don't buy crystals. But it's this idea of like how many decks, that could also become very addictive. How many decks do you own? Why are you buying all these decks? Yeah. You know, if I'm perfectly honest, I own a lot of decks.
0: I use the same ones. They're the ones that you honestly like. Do you remember when we first started talking about witchcraft, just you and me together, and Mm -hmm. I made a comment about how I wasn't ever going to buy any more tarot decks? Because I didn't want to upset the one tarot deck that I had. And yes. I knew that if I started buying decks, I would never stop. And now I have started buying decks and I, I can't stop. Yeah. Like, I, kn- I knew better. I knew consciously in that moment that the right answer was just to continue practicing with the thing that I was emotionally and spiritually connected with. And instead, I went and bought a bunch of other tarot decks. Do I use half of them? No. No.
1: But that's how capitalism works.
0: Yes, and it's bad, and I hate it. And it got, it gave me brain worms. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Um, so, one of the things that I think is new for me in a book, I'm not going to say that it hasn't been written in another book, it was so important, that only did I write it, I put it on a post-it. This is how crazy I'm getting. I put it on a post-it to put in my notebook because I I wanted it to stand out. So read me your post-it. It It says, and I don't even know what page this is on because now it's between pages 11 and 12, 13, sorry. It says, it is time that Wicca took its place where it belongs alongside other contemporary spiritual paths that encourage connection and union with the divine, such as Santeria, Vudon, Hinduism, Buddhism, and Shinto. And when I saw that in a sentence, first of all, how nice is it to be part of the conversation? Yeah. How nice is it to see... It doesn't have to be all of the traditions that different magical people follow, but the fact that some of them are being pointed to. Yeah. And... I think, and this could just be me with the people that I've spoken to, so I am not saying that all witches feel this way, but I feel that a lot of times, and we've said this, Wicca doesn't always acknowledge what they took from Hinduism or Buddhism, and then on top of that, it's like, those aren't witches, that's that's something other, and the fact that she's not saying they need to be represented with us, we need to be able to be on their level. And there's this awareness in that writing that hit. I was just like, yeah. Yeah. Because, and she talks a lot about um, the effects of Christianity in Europe in Wicca. Yes. And how Wicca, and I don't know, I mean, we'll, we'll probably get to it, but I'm jumping. You know, I've been jumping a lot. I got very excited when we start talking.
0: I labeled She's... in my notes which chapters are what, so you can jump if you want to.
1: Oh. <gasps> Growth. <Ooh. laughs> So, but there's a part where she starts saying things about um, how something like the Yoruba religion, um, Santeria, all these different practices in the Caribbean, because Christianity got there so much later, that if we examine these religions, we could see how Wicca may, might have developed had Christianity yes. not gotten there. So not only is she giving validity, right? Because this is somebody who is, we're not going to say she's not, one of the top people in Wicca
0: because she is. She's one of the top people in Wicca for sure. So
1: for someone like her to say, hey guys, guess what? You know what's a truer form of spiritual practice? If we look to see what came from the Caribbean, that to me, like I was doing little happy dances in my seat. It's nice to be recognized. It's nice for somebody of such acclaim, of such knowledge to say something like that.
0: I think it's really interesting also... The first, uh, the first like half of this book is kind of an anthropological look uh, back mm-hmm. at how how Wicca and witchcraft spirituality is developed. But this book came out in two thousand and four, and the idea that Janet and Gavin are talking about these um, these other spiritual paths as like partners, as teammates, we're just barely having these conversations now in twenty twenty two. So, like, when they said progressive witchcraft, they really said that with their chest. They were like, we're going to give you the history, but we're going to give it to you in a way that I don't think that we've read before. I don't even think, you know, I was obsessed with Drawing Down the Mood. I read Drawing Down the Mood over and over. I thought Margot Adler did an amazing job. But it's still very much about, like, white Wiccans in America. So for Janet and Gavin to really be like, yeah, I mean, here's the history. Here's what happened. But, also, here's some context that you probably didn't have. It's. I remember even at the beginning of the book, I made a little note where I was like, I don't really trust anyone who writes a history at the beginning of their books anymore. And then probably 15 lines later, I was like, eating my words. Because <laughs> I think that this history is so, first of all, understandable, but so much more accurate than some of the stuff that we have consumed. And for me, like, yeah, you should read all the books from season one. But like, maybe this is the book you start with. If you want to understand Wicca, maybe this is the book you start with. I'm thinking about
1: that. Yes. Yes, but you know what? There's something about, and maybe I'm totally wrong in this. There's something about reading Gerald Gardner before somebody tells you anything about Gerald Gardner. There's something about... That's fair. Do you know what I mean? Before you start hearing, because I feel like in a lot of the other books, he's not seen in such a great light. And because I I can't tell you how many times I probably should have counted that I said on the podcast. Okay, but we still need to give props to Gerald Gardner. So I feel like before people get tainted with anything, read it first. And if you go, wait, what? Okay, now jump. Now yeah. maybe read this book. But I, I still think we need to go back to the, to the first ones. And, you know, she wasn't there with Gardner, but she wasn't that far later
0: on. She was not that she far She was initiated yeah, she ha- by Alexander. They have Alexander's. the T yeah. in, um, in chapter one, they have the T about, like, Alexander's and how he actually got initiated and, like, all this stuff. It was great. I was very interested in, like, this background information also about Gardner I feel like and Sanders. have seen
1: this, though. I feel like we've seen that somewhere else.
0: Somebody else exposed. It felt more. I was like, (laughs) it felt more. I liked it. I don't know. It was great. So another thing that I like
1: is when she's talking about um, the need, the underlying reason for a spiritual practitioner. And it was survival. Yeah. Um, Both physically, as a healer, and as a healer in a spiritual sense. And if... This is going to survive, right? If this religion is going to survive whatever form it takes, we need to adapt to that. But to adapt to that, we need to know why we're here in the first place or why we were here in the first place. That's one thing I liked. I also liked, and of course, we've seen this before, but like you said, there's more. She talks about the origin. They talk about the origin of the word witch. Yes. Um. And they said, listen, it's wrong to say that it's just a purely Anglo-Saxon tradition because that's where the word comes from. It's just that that's the word that came up because a witch, and I even put an arrow on this, is a modern descriptive word that crosses cultural barriers. And this is important to remember. Yeah. There is so much emphasis on get out of yourself for a little bit and look around to see where the magic is that I yeah. thought was really important. Um, what
0: else do they talk about? I, I really enjoyed... Okay, I'm going to have a slight tangent about Christianity again, yep. of who I am as yep. a person. Yep. I loved the little section in chapter one about how the witch hunts were also kind of Catholic hunts, mm-hmm. and that a lot of, a lot of the problems that we have with Christianity actually come from Protestantism, And that people who are Catholics are less likely to transition to... This is specifically European, right? Because America is a weird special case. But people from Catholic countries are are less likely to transition to neo-pagan religions because they've already got the ritualistic and sort of psycho-spiritual aspects built into Catholicism. And you see in Europe, Protestant countries have a higher rate of conversion because people are missing out on that ritual on that sort of spiritual connection. Um, Because I do think a lot of the time, like I think Protestantism did a really good job of basically convincing us that Catholicism did everything wrong. When in reality, a lot of our modern issues are coming from this like the Protestant work ethic or like predetermination and all of these concepts that are deeply not Catholic, but are painful for the human soul. And so we look for things that are allowing us to be more in touch with nature, that are allowing us to be more in touch with like the the tickings of time, the, the idea of fate um, to kind of be like, yeah, no, I mean, Catholics definitely fucked up, but also the Protestants wanted to light them on fire too. You know, just a thought. We were all getting lit on fire back in the day in England.
1: <laughs> you know, the only experience that I have with a Catholic country would be Spain. And I know witches in Spain. And I also know this reluctance, this... And whenever I've asked them, it's the same thing. They get so much crap for coming out as witches. You know, there are witch shops, and I know that there are witches, and there's even a tattoo shop that does a lot of work That is definitely, you know, witch-centric. I'm not sure how many of them are witches. But there's still this hesitancy because overall they're seen as charlatans, first of all. Mm -hmm. They just want your money. And just not good. It's just not a good thing to be. However, I've never been discriminated against talking to people. Of course, I don't have a shop. I don't have, you know, I don't go there to try to read. But anybody that I've met has been pretty open to listening to what, when I say I'm a witch, what does that mean? You know,
0: I don't know if the way I, don't that know if I it's conceptualize it is sort of Catholics are the most magical version of Christianity. So yeah. Catholics are more like, well, your witchcraft is bad. My witchcraft is good because it honors God. Whereas like Protestants are like, witchcraft is bad. You and the Catholics are bad for doing witchcraft. Like, I I can understand it better. You know what I mean? Like, I'm used to other witches being like, well, my witchcraft is better. Okay, Catholics, I get it. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. That makes sense. The only thing that I
1: found that – because she has a whole brief history. They have a whole brief history of Santeria and other religions. And um, the only thing they said was Santeria – they hid their gods in the saints. And my understanding has always been that their gods can be reincarnated. Kind of like Zeus can take different forms. Well, so can these gods. And the more they were indoctrinated into Christianity, it was more like, oh, wait a minute. The whole mythology behind this saint, oh, I get it. This is so-and-so. So So that's where, that's what I was always taught, that it's not so much hidden. It's just like, oh, you want me to call them this? Okay, we'll call them this type of thing. You know, but they were always still praying to their gods. It's just, this must be the form that they took for this culture. They didn't come down as this. The Orishas could do a lot. So that's the only thing that I was like, eh.
0: I would love to know your opinion Mm -hmm. on, this is like, (laughs) I don't think they really talk about it that much, but they mention in the beginning of chapter two about the Mm -hmm. end of the cult of personality at the end of the 70s and the beginning of the 80s. And I read that and I was like, I don't think that that is what happened. (laughs) I don't think that the cult of personality ended. I think it fragmented. I think we just got more personalities and more cults instead of it being the kind of thing where it's like, oh, well, no more Gardner, no more Sanders. We could do whatever we want. Now it's just like everybody's picking their own person and we've got like micro cults of personality. Yeah.
1: No, I totally agree with that. I think everybody was pushing against the big celebrities. Yeah. Right? And so in that case, yes, you know, we're no longer listening to these people. But you're right. There were still these factions and there was still the right way. The minute you start saying there's a right way to do something and a wrong way to do something, Mm -hmm. somebody has said that. Who are you listening to? Yep. That's telling you that. So, yeah, I think that they weren't as big. No one's going to be as big. To be big, you have to be the first at something or the second, possibly the third. Once you're the 50th person, and I think we can see a little example of that, and not in a bad way, because I don't think this person ever meant to be like, listen to me, listen to me. But I think a lot of people were like, Laurie Cabot. If you're in the Northeast, you want to study with Laurie Cabot. Doesn't mean you shouldn't. Doesn't mean that she's not a witch worth studying under. Yeah. But why do you want to study under Lori Cabot? You know what I mean? Like, do you know more about her? Like, you know, and they talk about this much later in the book when it comes to choosing somebody to study from. You know, you should really meet them. You should really not ask them the first time. Go to a couple of meetings, or in this case, would be a couple of classes with a person. Yeah. And stop the whole ooh, ah, who this person is, and just go, am I vibing with this person? Does this person make sense? So I agree with you. I think that's will we had little cults.
0: And I think it only gets worse the more we use social media. Oh, absolutely, because now we have those personalities. (laughs) Listen, you know,
1: I I was telling my classes, I live for TikTok drama. Agreed. I love it, because here's the thing. First of all, they're creators. They're creators. Listen, there are some of them that swear to God should have their own TV shows. They are funny. They are acting. They are writing scripts. Yeah. Yeah. These people, to me, are creators. I'm going to say 90% of you are just people posting and people like what you post. You found a shtick. You do this shtick. And you just
0: keep doing it over and over and over. Yeah. And
1: people follow you. Now you're calling yourself a creator. And then you start doing questionable things and people bring you down and your whole life is over. How about, one, you have an actual life. Two, you treat social media like what it is, a little bit of fun. Yes. And you wouldn't have these big dramas. I'm, I live for it. Like, I sit here, I look at TikToks, the more mm-hmm. drama, I may unfollow people, but I'll go back to see if they've posted anything else to see if they're miserable.
0: Like, And you I think follow it's the funny. people who are, like, spilling the tea,
1: so you yeah. don't have to watch the
0: actual posts, but you just watch the, yeah, no, absolutely. Exactly. So,
1: mm. anyway, <laughs> getting back to the book. <laughs> There's something I wanted to mention, and now I don't know what it is. Oh. oh, I know what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Statement of the Council of Elders of the Alexandrian tradition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When the king of the witches died. What? So when Alexander Sanders died, he was the king of witches. And they decided at that point they didn't need any more kings and queens. In other words... hmm the idea that the priest is a king and the priestess is, is a queen and i think that's what's wrong or what was wrong with old witchcraft yeah the king of the witches first of all the older i get and the more i study the more anytime i see king i get totally turned off Mm-hmm. i don't think i would be so upset if it was the queen of the witches i would still say really we need a queen but it, if it's anything it should be a queen and that just got reinforced when she, they were talking about Cronunos. Yeah, and the mythology about him, and where we even got the name. And it's like when we talk about myths, I've noticed, yeah, what myths are there surrounding him? It's almost like he's an aside. It's almost like he's an appendage. And I know people are gonna get upset about that, but as somebody who's got is Cronunos, sometimes I do wonder. I spent a lot more time working with Caradwin. And I actually had somebody, without my permission, which is when I started blocking people, um, read me. Ooh. Yeah. Hate it. Yeah. So after that, I blocked it, and only certain people can read me. Uh, people can try. They can read cards, but they're not going to read me. Um, and it was the same person who got all that information wrong, didn't, didn't know we were doing a podcast, did a reading, and said I was doing something else. Yeah, because they were reading cards. They were no longer reading me. They're not allowed. I hate so, it. Anyway, um, that person said to me, you're spending too much time. You should focus on the God. And I remember thinking, what if I just took him off my altar altogether? Like, I don't know. I mean, and this is terrible. I feel like I'm becoming, I need to join some sort of Dianic coven. But I do work. I do think that there's balance. But if there's balance inside of all of us, do I need a representation of canunos? And this is something that I am actually thinking about. He's there. All due respect
0: to him. Meh. Let's talk about balance for a minute mm-hmm. uh, because I am a science teacher. And specifically, I want to think about the idea of homeostasis, right? Homeostasis, mm-hmm. meaning the balance that your body maintains so that you can be alive. One of the things that is so important to learn when you learn about the human body is that balance is not 50-50 balance is about maintaining so in our bloodstream we have a very specific ph and your body will maintain the ph of that blood that doesn't mean that the blood's always going to be seven it's not always going to be perfectly neutral right your freaking stomach needs to be balanced at like a 2.3 ph a super acidic ph if you balanced it 50 50 your stomach wouldn't work it would Mm. fully defeat the purpose of having a stomach So when people say everything needs to be balanced, yes, absolutely, we need to have a balance, but in the sense that it needs to remain stable. Just because you're working more with one God than the other doesn't mean that that's not in balance. It's in your balance, right? The more we try to force everybody into 50-50, and I mean, I think that even works with The idea of, um, as we get into chapter three, talking about the ego and the id, talking about the different facets of the personality, nobody is saying you need to be 50% anima and 50% animus, right? Perfectly androgynous, 50% male, 50% female. That would be absurd for many people. Like for me, I tend to be pretty femme. I really like pink. I'm really into very feminine things. I would be more anima. And that's my balance. That's a perfectly reasonable balance when I start moving into a 50-50, that feels off for me. That doesn't feel right. It doesn't sit well in my body, right? If I give my id 50% of the control over my life, I am fucked. Fucked, right? I need more control because of, you know, my ADHD and but that doesn't mean I'm not balanced and I, I think that that is a problem that The witchcraft community has but i think it's a problem that the world has that like we see balance in this very black and white concept like a perfectly balanced scale but that's not what balance is for a real person it's not how homeostasis works and that
1: is perfect i understood that i like that i go with that yes which of course brings us to chapter four, which is just the gods and the goddesses.
0: <laughs> yes. I really did like the discussion on um, Car- Car-ni- Carnina. Is that how you would say the original? K A R N A Y N A, which is supposedly the original name of Carnunos. I did not, n- I have never actually heard the like, quote unquote original names of the gods from Wicca until right now. Normally that was a thing that was like, this is a, this is a mystery. Like you're not supposed to know it unless you're initiated. And in this book, they're like, yeah, so originally it was Aradia and Carnina. And then Carnina became Carnunos. And I was like, oh shit, am I supposed to know this?
1: But more importantly, and the thing that blew my mind that I actually wrote, this blows my mind. That few writings exist to know how witches saw the gods. Yes. And it just never occurred to me like, wait a minute. So you mean the way... And I know we have a little bit of it when we we read the book on Karadwin and how people saw Karadwin, how her progression into, yes. you know you know, different aspects of religions, different religions, but even then it didn't occur to me like, yeah, the people who were maybe not calling themselves witches, but were witches, and they were healers, and they were spiritual people, what was their relationship to deity? How do we know that it's anything like what we're trying to do now that gardener set up for us we don't know which then opens the door to say so your relationship could be anything yeah but what does anything mean what i like about that first of all it's scary the idea of wait a minute (laughs) i could do anything is scary because then oh what's the right thing to do again with the right quote-unquote right thing to do and the other thing is just all of a sudden, the onus is on us then for everything, not just a yeah. couple of things. Every, what are you doing in general? Because you read in a book that you should do blank. Why are you doing it? Yeah. And if I think if we think about it too long, we'll never do anything. We'll never even get to ritual because we'll be so stuck on this. But yeah. it's not a bad thing to ponder and read more of.
0: I also do not know what chapter this is in. I think we might have gone past it.
1: Mm. But
0: do we want to discuss the tenets of progressive (sighs) witchcraft?
1: Yes, that was chapter two, I believe. Because
0: I printed them out because I knew they were important. (laughs) Right? Like, who am I? There are nine tenets of progressive witchcraft. And I do think that this is kind of a little old school still, I think a lot of the old school writers kind of wrote tenets for everything. They had a list of, like, rules or ideas or stuff. And we all know I love lists, so I loved this. So Um, should we go over? Yes,
1: absolutely. Okay, so number one. I think we said this already. They've said it already. Progressive witchcraft is not a tradition, but a name describing the evolution of modern witchcraft into a coherent, magical, and spiritual path for the next millennia. Which, yes. I love that. The next one is that evolution is an important aspect of this path, particularly in the understanding that all that has come before Wicca has been part of its growth process, whether perceived as negative or positive.
0: And honestly, I think that last sentence too, because of this, progressive witches believe that there are no good or bad experiences, only experiences that can be learned from. I. There's this thing that's been going around TikTok recently, but there's also, like, you know, this is a a problem that I think many of us have, where, like, sometimes if you're in therapy or you're, like, trying to improve your life, there are these, like, little things that you don't want to work but do work. Mm -hmm. And then you get frustrated about the fact that you didn't do those things earlier. So, like, if you're feeling like everybody hates you, you should probably, like, eat something. You might just be hungry. Or, you know, taking a regular shower can help you to feel emotionally better. Going for a silly little walk for my silly little mental health legitimately helps. And so I have this negative reaction to the idea of like there are no good and bad experiences, but that's not because that sentence is incorrect. I am rejecting it because I don't want to move past having experiences in my life that I am characterizing as bad. Okay, And so the idea of having this as like the second tenant, I think is really powerful because it does ask you to sit back and be like, okay, can you frame some of your bad experiences as growth? And maybe you can't do it with all of them, but some of them will actually help you grow in your spirituality because you're able to look back and be like, okay, yeah, this sucked, but something came out of it that ended up being helpful.
1: I think that's the important thing. I think that we're all always going to say this was a bad experience. I didn't. Enjoy it. Yeah. This was horrible for me. But can you learn from it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And these are longer. I'm just reading like the first sentence just so that, you know, I'm not reading the whole book. Spirit is at the core of any belief structure.
0: It should be. I feel like that is one of the most progressive things that they say. I feel like early Wicca was very these are the rules and you need to follow them. Oh,
1: and this is more like what spirit is.
0: What is spirit and allow it to be in you (laughs) somehow. Mm -hmm. Especially with number
1: four. With connection to the divine comes the realization that we are servants of spirits, not the masters. And then they say that that takes, uh, and then they say that takes the terms priestess and priest and puts it in the original context. So this is a person who has a union with deity. They're not better than anybody else.
0: Yeah. It, it feels stupidly easy. But also, know, like, but, how did we not think about it before?
1: <laughs> but sometimes we need to be hit over the head with the stupidly yeah. easy. Five, progressive witches do not feel that initiation has to necessarily take place in a properly prepared circle. And this is huge. Huge. Huge right um, and of course who is it the person that initiates you who should be the only person that can initiate you and that would be the divine so if you feel a divine that's
0: it and this was an argument I mean even up until 2015 I was seeing this on the internet so the again the idea of this book came out in 2004 and is saying things that the witchcraft community was arguing about for another 10 years is just Like, absurd.
1: Yeah. Look, there's still arguments that are happening today. I know somebody and I am with them on social media and they were all excited because they are finally going to be, uh, they're going to learn the right way because they are now part of a coven. And I was like, you knew nothing before? Like, I'm not saying you can't learn from a coven, but The way she phrased it was like, I didn't know anything. Now I'm finally going to know something, like, the way I need to know. And And why invalidate yourself? We're not good friends or anything. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to state that. We're not good friends. It's just somebody I know and happen to have on social media as well.
0: Why invalidate yourself? Like, why look back at your entire life and be like, yeah, fuck all that. Now I'm going to learn the right way. Like, yeah, be nicer to yourself. Yeah.
1: I also pissed somebody else off once. I was in a meeting with other witches, and I was like, "Yeah, because you know covens." (laughs) And she was like, "I am very proud of the degree that I got," and blah blah blah. I want to mail her this book now.
0: Dead ass. I mean, maybe don't. That feels like a little. I'm kidding. I'm not going
1: to. (laughs) But I'm just saying, like, we'll get to the degrees in a second. But you know, I was just sitting there like,
0: uh, okay. And and it's so ooh, it's weird how these things flow so perfectly together because that ties right into tenant number six.
1: Although much can be learned from books and from word of mouth, informal or informal teaching situations, progressive witches know that Wicca is a mystery tr- mystery tradition, and that experienced knowledge is the most important form of spiritual growth.
0: Ah, huh. so you gotta do some work. You can't just. You have to actually experience shit. Ooh, is that spiritual? It's spiritual bypassing. It's choosing to focus on learning the content of spirituality instead of actually experiencing the spirituality. Ooh. I
1: hate it. (laughs) Why weren't you with me at this meeting? Because I know she felt like she put me in my place, and I was just like, whatever. Like, this is the room that I'm in. Like, go ahead. Number seven, like all true spiritual paths. It is essential to have a firm, ethical,
0: and moral base. You know, I agree with this. I would love to have a conversation at some point uh-uh. just about ethics in general because yeah. I do still think that there's like a subset of people who are like, if you don't have a religion, why don't you just murder and rape everybody? And it's like, because um, I don't want to? <laughs> like, I have, I have morals and ethics because I'm a decent human being? like yeah. and I, I because realistically most of the ethics and morality from every religion and spiritual path that we have possibly studied they're all pretty much the same like don't treat people like shit yeah it's not that hard well
1: it can be it can get complicated Right? And in fact, they even say it the idea of being a priest or a priestess, you know, with power comes corruption. Yeah. So, how are you taking, even if you're not part of a coven, if you're going to start calling yourself a priestess of blank, um, what does that mean? How are you treating people? Are you maybe not treating them well because you think. You have the right because you're doing the quote unquote Mm -hmm. right thing. Do you know what I mean? So I think this is a big discussion in a future podcast. Number
0: eight. For sure.
1: Spirit is seen as an imminent, as imminent in nature with its many faces. And of course, they talk about Taoism and ideas of yin and yang,
0: Wicca god and goddess. So that was kind of interesting. That is another bigger conversation that I would love to have about polarity. Yeah. Because I do think we're moving into, like, a post-polarity world. Yes. Right? I think, like, gender-wise, we're moving into not just a binary. We're moving into, um, I think, people being more conscious of, like, light versus dark and what that can mean um, socio-ethnically. But I think that we've even – oh, God, I forgot where we
1: read this. We were talking about how um, life and death aren't opposites. Death can't yeah. happen without life. Death is a part of the life cycle. It's all one cycle. It's not yes. opposite of. It's just part of it.
0: Yeah, right. definitely would like to have a podcast about polarity versus cycles in witchcraft.
1: And just like that, we now have a long list for season five, and we're not even halfway done with season four. We're, okay. Oh goodness. I'm just a little afraid. Okay. Because I feel be. like we're going we're gonna to run out of things for season five, and we'll be planning season six, and God knows where we'll be. So, nine. Those who follow the path of progressive witchcraft seek that which is best for all, both from nature and from themselves. And good and evil are recognized as human concepts. I love that. Yeah, so I. So those are the tenants.
0: They're good. They're good shit. I see a very clear pathway between this book, and sort of moving into like, eco wicca and green wicca and environmental mm. um, witchcraft. Like there's a really clear delineation, or like evolution, I guess, of how these historically. Because you can see the ways in which giving a shit about nature in a really genuine way sort of frame progressive witchcraft. Mm -hmm. You're making a face like you're having a a big thought. No, I'm just thinking about the progressive
1: coven because we started talking about covens and that's the next chapter.
0: (laughs) That is fair.
1: So one of the things that first hit me is the word coven does not go back
0: further than the Middle Ages. Everybody wants to pretend like witchcraft is like a billion years old, and it's just not. <laughs> it's not. And then I think about
1: other spiritual practices. And I know somebody may say, well, that's not Wicca. Well, no, it's not Wicca. But they brought it up first. Um, you do have ideas of an inner court and outer court when you're talking about different traditions and different witchcraft practices or spiritual practices, magical pathways. Mm-hmm. But the idea of coven, I feel, is something that, I don't know, I think it gets a bad rap. Like, when I hear people saying things like, you know, when you're in a a santero, first you could be somebody who is kind of practicing at home, and you go to somebody who is a priest, and you speak to them, and they go on your behalf to speak to the orishas. And then, of course, then you can become a santero. They can, you know, do a ceremony to bajar el santo. And then after that, right, it keeps going. So you definitely have different things you can be initiated into and you can te- keep growing and you have people that are more more studied than others or more have yeah. experienced more than others. But there's not, never this sense of, I don't know, like when I hear Coven, the whole idea of like it's got to be 13 members and it's got to be, you know, yeah. man, woman, man, woman, you know, and all this thing. Like there's, there's not that, at least in my experience, if there is a practice like that, I would like to hear it. But in my experience, it hasn't been like that.
0: Are you ready? I don't know. You're yes. not, but we're going to do it anyway. Okay. Coven is bad, actually, uh, is the title of this speech. Okay. One of the things that they talk about, Gavin and Janet, at the beginning of the book is how um, how lineage worked, right? Mm-hmm. And how there was this big argument about um, who was initiated by who and, you know, who who's the king of witches and Gardnerians don't fuck with alexandrians and buckland is creating his own special thing and they this like stuck in my head really poignantly they mention like some covens in america an alexandrian coven might be more similar to the Gardnerian one next door than to the alexandrian coven it's split from in another state and The problem with coven is that it was an attempt to create community, but the built-in hierarchy prevented a real community dynamic. It became a school. And coven, I think, overwhelmingly, because of its history, becomes a school. It becomes, there's, you know, even if it's not a traditional coven, there's two or three people at the top who know everything, And then there's some people who are like asking questions or like trying to get involved. And so you end up with the master witches and the baby witches. And I think there's definitely been a movement recently in the last 10 years or so for covens to just be like, oh, these are my friends. But even then, I think that it's (laughs) it's still a hierarchy. It's just now that cult of personality, right? Covens on the internet are now performative. It's about showing how good your group of witchy friends are. Oh, we go to Salem every year. Oh, we do a bunch of spells together. Blah, 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 blah. It's, not a, it's a false community. It creates the pretense of a community without the actual connection of a community. In a sense, those covens have the same
1: problems that traditional covens had.
0: Yes, but they want to pretend that they don't. Right. And obviously, I'm sure I'm... Uh, listen, we're going to nip this shit in the bud right now. If you have a great coven... That's wonderful. You do not have to email us and tell us how wonderful it is. This is a generalization based on the historicity, right? And based on social media, I know that there are good covens out there. There's good, lots of things. I, I this is me, like hedging my bets right now. I know you don't yeah. have to email me, but I do think that the the it's the structure that it was built on. In the same way that America is built on racism, I think covens are built on hierarchy. Oh, hot take. Spicy take. Covens are bad, actually, is my spicy take.
1: Again, I think that if you have a group of witch friends and you want to just call yourselves a coven, I think it's cute. I think we can't take away from the aesthetics of witchcraft. Look. Yeah. Not only can you not take it away, I don't want to take it away. As an elder goth, I like my (laughs) aesthetic and I am not going to start now like wearing what? Like, no. Okay, Foxblood just dropped a bunch of dresses, and I plan to go shopping. So <laughs> that's yeah. it, right? Um, so I think I think you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. But I think now when we use the term, maybe if you're not in a traditional coven, think about what you're saying, right? Yeah. And maybe we need to change change how we see coven. And maybe it's totally okay to say, you know what, coven really is just a bunch of my my best witches yeah. just getting together and we have cocktails and we talk shit about people. And occasionally somebody will say, listen, yeah. I don't have any more mugwort. Anybody got mugwort? You know, <laughs>
0: like that's good enough. We need to get together and have more cocktails is what that just was. We need to have more cocktails. <gasps> I can tell you right now, one of the Scorpios,
1: if she ever listened to the podcast podcast would hear this and go, yes, I'm driving over. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I actually, we are jumping around and I'm sorry for this, but I have a, I have a question. Now that I dropped my spicy take, I feel like this is a less spicy take. So people will be less mad about this take. Okay, go ahead. One of the things from the intro that Janet and Gavin say is that part of moving into progressive witchcraft might be changing those who call themselves witches. So basically redefining witchcraft in a way that will actively remove some of the people who are calling themselves witches. And I wanted to know what your take on that was. Were well, you asking me how I feel about that? Yep. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I just told the entire internet that I think covens are a bad thing, so you're good. <laughs> Listen. Um,
1: just like... Just like we have too many people buying crystals for absolutely no reason, I feel like we have too many people who are like, I'm a witch. I don't think this is going to remove people. I think people who are stuck in their ways are stuck in their ways. Yeah. I think it's up to people who are truly searching. And you can be searching at any point in life. Like I said, I am constantly searching. I feel like I know nothing, right? which is why I like to read these books and and talk about things. Um, I think if you're searching, you don't have a problem with this. But I think if what you want are the aesthetics, if what you want is to be able to just walk around and call yourself a witch, yeah, I think that it's time for people to just stop. I think progressive witchcraft is a great way that this is going to not only grow, but grow in in a positive direction to include more people, which is, like we were saying, If coven is too, you know, um, shut off and you can't really include people, it's not inclusive. Then progressive witchcraft is the way we're going to get more inclusive, even though they also talk about covens in a positive way. So it's not like it can't be positive, but it needs to change. And, yeah, I think people either fall by the wayside or they will fall by the wayside as dinosaurs. In other words, they will just stay doing their own thing and Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll never grow those type of people will probably have covens that do not get new members because there will be other people more progressive doing their own things, and that's what we're going to be seeing going forward.
0: Is that what you meant? I told you that yours was going to be less spicy than mine, so you're good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think for me, I feel like, first of all, I feel like I say six different things on this podcast. Like, I have 700 different opinions, and -hmm. it's really just a matter of which Gemini you get on each podcast, When I first read that, I was like, "Uh, I feel weird about it. But then they talk uh, in the book about Starhawk and the idea of power over versus power um, within. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think that that is sort of the vibe that progressive witchcraft is going towards. That like when they say we need to change who's calling themselves a witch, the people who are doing it because they want power over, Mm -hmm. are you a witch? Is that what that is, or are you just desperate for control? Are you a witch, or are you a Virgo? <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Virgos. But you know, again,
1: it's power. Yeah, and it also ties into why you even chose to be a witch, which they also go into in this book. But yes. before we get to that, let's just talk about a couple of things. One of the things they yes. talk about is the training circle. They talk about the coven mind, and I really liked this part because they brought in brought in a lot of young right? Yes. The collective unconscious, which then comes up later in the book. So one of the nice things about a coven mind, they say, and this is probably the only, maybe not the only thing, but one of the things that I was like, yeah, covens can be good, is this idea that the more you are with these people, and the more you kind of become in sync with these people, right? Um, Then what you have is you have this collective unconscious, kind of like, Having these spiritual experiences and being able to work together because they are of one mind. And, of course, they talk about how you have to ease somebody into a coven and ease into this mind because it's just, it's not like an easy thing. Um, I think that's really good. Part of my problem has always been the idea of if you do that with a coven, what happens if you want to be on your own? What happens if everybody's not available? What happens to you as a yeah. witch? It's almost like your parents raise you, but at some point you got to be able to fend for yourself. I saw this person, I follow this person on, on social media, and they're training their child in a very um, gender neutral, kind of like supportive parent, but doing things for themselves. And they mm-hmm. went on this walk and the baby just holds out their hand for the, the papa to grab his hand. And um no. They go, you can do it. Go over the log. Mm-hmm. You just got to use one leg, right? Did you send this and to me or did I just watch this separately? Because I think I watched it no, this No, I think morning. I sent it to you. Oh, okay. okay. Or maybe, I don't know. But I remember seeing that going, wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. First of all, the baby's not going to get hurt because the adult can see where they're going. The right. most they're going to do is fall on a pile of leaves. Like, seriously? And then when they were down, when they did fall, they realized, Okay, there was a branch in the way. They got rid of the branch, and they said, can you try to get up?" Like, obviously, they weren't going to leave the kid there indefinitely. But it was this nah, idea of... you live of, here now. And then celebrating, like, you did it. Yeah. Look at that. Right? What does that teach a kid? Oh, God, it teaches them so much. From confidence to knowing they have a support system to yeah. knowing they have a parent that no matter if they fail, they're there with them, that they're not going to abandon them. I mean, I don't know. There's like a million things... A million lessons in that one little thing of going over a log and actually falling that was so positive. Yes. That's what you kind of need a coven for. But at the end of the day, you should be like that baby. You should be able to know your coven's got your back, but I got this. And I, and I think when I read this about the coven mind, while it's great, part of me is like, can this person ever walk on their own? And I think that's yes. a dangerous thing because people can move. People can change their situation, right? Um, at one point, you are single. And the next point, you're married. But then the other person has a baby and you're going through a divorce. Like, at what point, right, can you just say, yeah. I don't have time for the coven this week. I can. I can go over that log. And I, I don't know if you have a group mind. If you can ever actually do that. And I feel like covens need to be like that dad that I was talking about. The support. (laughs) The people that go, you got this. Go do it. Go do it. You know? We're right here, but you do it.
0: One of the things that I think witches especially suffer from is Mm. this idea of spiritual bypassing. Where we do not want to do practice. Mm. We all want to just be immediately good at something (laughs) from the jump. And... Part of the problem is, is that we frame practice as like, do everything correctly over and over and over until you get it right. No, there's, there's evolution. You, it's progressive. You can't do witchcraft that doesn't progress. We're all going to start from a shitty place. I knew nothing about astrology. right? I started from not knowing anything. And I read about it and I learned about it and I practiced it. If you do not treat practice as getting things wrong, learning from it and moving and progressing forward, you will never progress. There will be no growth. You will be stuck in the same position. And that is, I think, fundamentally at odds with having a spiritual practice. I don't think spirituality can ever be stagnant
1: do you remember when you and I used to read to each other and we had our cheat sheets for our divination systems? Cause we didn't know yeah. them hundred percent. I like that was such a long time ago. Like you yes. were saying that and I thought, God, I remember and we would get frustrated. Like, Oh, I know what this means. And yeah. we just couldn't get in and whatever. And, but see, but that's, that's what a coven does. Yeah. Right. Like you got this, now you do this, you know, they talk about, okay. So they talk about creating a coven mind. And I just want to mention some of these things, right? A name that identifies the coven's personality <laughs> As a, witch space,
0: which space, <laughs> space yes, for fuck. witches.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, coven deities, symbols specific to the coven, magical items given at initiation, robes and cloaks, creation of the coven's own rituals, use of energy work, secrecy, and the measure. And I'm looking at all this, going, oh my god, symbols specific to the coven, magical items given at initiation. It's a lot. This this is a lot. This is if I want this, I will become. A Freemason. It's church. It's church.
0: And like not that I don't I I get it. I understand the appeal of church. I don't want to do it. I need some I need everything to be really
1: low stakes. (laughs) Everything needs to be the
0: lowest of keys.
1: And that's a segue into the next thing, which is chapter six, Making the Witch. Which I loved, actually. I love that. So I love, first of all, that they bring up the Middle Ages, generational training. Kids were taught by family members, the end. We go through all this now, but when you think about it, that's how kids were, that's how people knew things. There was yeah. somebody in the family showing you stuff. Alexandra's changed Wicca from being low church folk magic to high church ceremonial magic. And I don't think I'd ever heard those words together before. And I was yeah. like, It's true. it just became fancy and like and this is gonna sound weird this is coming from the capitalist society that i grew up in i grew up in um it's taking what poor people have and appropriating it and now making it out of reach it's gentrification it's basically the gentrification of magic okay yes so right like i am living here and you're gonna come over and go wrong Because now I got my Starbucks on the corner, and unless you order your coffee this way, you can no longer go to the bodega. Bodega coffee is not coffee. Only Starbucks is coffee, and that's what it made me think of.
0: We have this problem from the beginning of the book that the thing we're rebelling against now is capitalism and the government, but we're not actually rebelling against it because it's baked into Wicca, which is, for most of us, where we start.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, they mention they mentioned something, and I just want to say, this is why I have also never wanted to join a traditional coven. So they, she talks about, they talk about, it's also why I didn't want to join a traditional coven. They talk about Alex at one point, turning Wicca or his coven into a school, dictating to kids what they had to do. Yeah. And in one of the lessons, he's running around in a loincloth with a feathered headdress, summoning an aztec spirit and at the end he puts a hot poker in his mouth now i am not part of the aztec tradition i do not know what they do so i'm not going to say that you know people do this or don't do this but if they do it's just i can't watch this from a man whose culture is not aztec if you tell me that this is an Aztec, and I don't know what the term is for their people, whether it's a shaman, a chieftain, whatever, like in Tainos it's cacique. Um, If it's not, if you're not part of that, I don't want to see you in a loincloth and a headdress doing anything. Agreed. So when people have often said to me about covens, and I think about it, the idea of joining a traditional coven and not knowing, because maybe this came out of the blue, this idea that this person who is not part of this culture is now going to do this, I'm going to be completely turned off.
0: Mm-hmm. I would have
1: to leave. I cannot learn anything else from you. This is just wrong. Now, again, this was a million years ago. Not a million, but you know what I mean. It was, it was a, a long time years ago. ago. Um, and, of course, one of the things they were talking about is the fact that, you know, how he changed the structure to be this. Mm-hmm. And, of course... The Ferrars broke right away from this, you know, so it's not like they were supporting this, but these are the things that happen. How much does this go on today? Who knows? But it frightens me.
0: They discuss the way that they changed their training program because of this, because mm-hmm. there's this idea that like you don't learn anything until you get initiated. But once you're initiated, maybe you find out you actually fucking hate these people. <laughs> so for them, they were like, we're going to do this like dedication program first so you learn a little bit and you get to participate in a way that actually allows you to make a, an informed decision right. on whether or not you want to actually be in the coven or not. And I also like that they
1: prepare here, you can use them or not, some questions that you might want to ask people. Yes. Right? Just because they're a well-known coven, maybe they won't jive with you. This would not fly with me. Yeah. Right? I would feel really, um, I would feel really awkward. Agreed especially if I'm the only POC in the room. Now, I know that covens are very mixed today and, and they may do, you know, many different things. But again, how many people of color are just not comfortable even having that conversation with... And I don't care if the high priestess is a person of color because yeah. I don't know what you're doing. What if you've bought into this? What if you're in the sunken place? Yeah. So uh, there you go. So it's something that I think people need to think about when it comes to covens and who's in them. Um, what are you doing to make everybody feel comfortable? And shouldn't everybody yeah. feel comfortable? Especially if you're being progressive, magic can only get stronger if we know what other people are doing. I think the idea of learning other cultures
0: yeah. will help you in your magic. But I mean, eh. I think Janet and Gavin make that very clear at the beginning of the book. Yeah. That it's not, you can't just be, oh, I'm only going to learn about Wicca. Like, learning from other cultures is part of progressive witchcraft.
1: And it's not just other spiritualities. They come out and they say, you got to read Jung. You're going to be a witch and you're not going to understand. And the book that they have in the back, right? They have all the books that they recommend. um, Is Jung's Four Archetypes, which I think should be part of the podcast at some point. I'll write it down. Four more archetypes. I wrote it down. <laughs> there we go. So what else do we want to talk about? It's getting kind of long. So.
0: I, Well, I think at this point in the book, I will just admit out loud, it, it becomes a little bit Wicca-focused. Yeah. Um. So those of you who are not Wiccan, the end of the book does it, – it's very interesting, it's very useful, but it's not necessarily – you know, I think Chapter Seven, talking about the spiritual cosmology, very interesting, but very much creating a cosmology for Wicca, um, not necessarily going to work for me. I think the when they talk about the Wheel of the Year, when they talk about the priesthood and the the labor actos actios, they're very true sort of traditional Wiccan ideas. See, I was I'm glad that you said that about the cosmology
1: because I didn't see it like that. I actually saw it and went. Oh, I bet you that um, Gemini is gonna like this because it was such a different. I saw it as a different take. Yes, it definitely it is, still, is. It is still Wiccan, but I thought it was very different. You know. Um,
0: I think that. Go ahead. Okay, so my take. This is, I think, my overall take on the book. I mm-hmm. think this is an amazing book for those earlier in their practice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that. If, I, if it were 10 years ago, I would be reading that cosmology and I would be like, I'm keeping this. But because I've had so, I've had so long, I've been a witch for so long. <laughs> because I've had so many years of like really working and creating the, the path that I now follow. It's sort of like, this is really cool. It's very interesting. It doesn't fit with my practice. It is very cool. I do think people should read it. Like, it's a very interesting, and I think novel take, um, turning Yggdrasil, the tree of the worlds from Norse mythology, um, and combining it with some other ideals to sort of create what feels very Wiccan in the concept of cosmology. Um, it's the kind of thing that I would like include in a fantasy novel. Like, I think it's it's innovative. But unfortunately, I'm an old woman now and I don't, uh, I don't change.
1: (laughs) Well, as an older woman, (laughs) you're an old woman Then I'm, I'm decrepit. Um, (laughs) I want to tell you something about this. Here's a hot take from Scorpio. Spicy take. Let's go. And I'm not saying I'm doing this. I'm actively looking for anything because I am not. But after reading this book and seeing the idea of what a progressive witchcraft coven could be. If people can come to this with different traditions and they're going to be listened to, because they talk about different ways where like people are voted in, it's democratic, there's all these different things. I wouldn't be opposed to being part of a coven, a traditional coven, I swear to God. Um, but there are different reasons people become witches and I'm gonna read them real fast. The need for explanation of psychic or occult experiences, teenage rebellion, coven, working with like-minded folks, need healing, the wounded healer syndrome. Mine would be Coven, right? Working with like-minded folks. I, I'm i not tired of it, but it's kind of weird being somebody who... I don't just practice one thing, right? Um, yeah. My Wicca is influenced by other things. My other things are influenced by Wicca. So if I ever met people who were like, yeah, you know, I'm Santera, but I'm also Wiccan, or I'm also, you know, it doesn't have to be Taino. It could be a di- different... Um, practice, and I also incorporate this, I think those would be people that I could learn from. I think those would be people that um, I would love to be the starting out person. I'm not even looking for degrees. I would love it yeah. if I didn't have degrees, but I also understand why they said degrees were needed. Right, yeah. Degrees are not to show you that you're better than somebody, but to show that you have an understanding of things. Yes. And they made that clear. Again, if there was a coven like that, and of course covens don't come up to people and say, hey, do you want to join? But they also say that when the time is right, the pupil finds the right person. Will it ever happen? It may. Am I looking for it? Absolutely not. I feel like I'm out there in the world. If there is a coven like that, I will eventually stumble upon them and then I will see and see if I want to do it. But I do feel sometimes, you know, and they've said it, it's hard to learn everything on your own or with just a few people, you know, or, you know, um... And again, I have learned from people. It's not like everything I learned has been from books, but I've never had that type of structure of a group of people at the same time doing mm-hmm. something. So yeah, so yeah, I'm putting that onto the universe. It may happen. It may not. If it happens, I will let everybody on the podcast know.
0: We will definitely do that. an episode about right? it. Yeah. For sure. I still sure. have
1: I have my main witches, but would I ever do a a, a traditional coven? Who knows? I'm open. After reading this after reading this i can honestly say people really if you're looking for a coven think about it i think this is a good book to read in the beginning for that reason too if you're looking for a coven really take to heart what they're saying about covens and take to heart about first of all what do you think about progressive witchcraft you're like no 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 no, no. this is all like this is ridiculous and that's fine then you go with a traditional coven but if you're looking at this and going yeah man this clicks then it's time people start moving in that direction. Yeah. You know, that's how you're going to build community too. Cuz they're very inclusive in this.
0: Honestly frustrating to me that this book is like not more well known.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the reasons why we need to read it, which is why we've talked about it today. Yeah. Hopefully people will read this book. I think people need to read it. I would love to have people read this and really tell us what they think about this or their journey. Like this is a book that I really hope people if you're out there listening, please if you read it or you've read it I really want to know what you think. Yeah. You know, the future of witchcraft, because the world's going to hell in a handbasket, so (laughs) where
0: do do we fit in all this? So what you might have noticed if you follow us on our Instagram is that I was gone for a period of time, um, and we kind of revealed on July 1st that I had been on maternity leave. And I know everybody has a lot of questions, and um, we do want to let you know there will be a dedicated baby episode coming up, I believe, in August?
1: I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be part one of the summer podcasts.
0: Perfect. So you guys will hear all about it then. Um, Definitely follow us on Instagram if you want the day-to-day updates, because that's really where we're sort of showing you our lives. Um, But because I was on maternity leave, we did record some of these podcasts in advance, And this podcast, we felt like we needed to come back and continue the discussion after some very upsetting (laughs) changes to the way that our country is run (laughs) and uh, the political climate of said country. So Scorpio, what does being a progressive witch mean for us, witch space and witches in general, when we're faced with something like this?
1: Well, you know, it's, it's funny because you mentioned now that we had been off for a while because we had recorded a bunch of episodes. And one of the reasons I'm kind of glad that we came on this is I feel so much time has gone by and people might be wondering, like, don't they care? You know, especially if they don't follow us on Instagram, um, because yeah. I did make a statement as soon as um, the overturning of Roe v. Wade happened. What does it mean to be progressive witches or for which space? Me personally. Um I think it's about really paying attention to the conversation that's being had, right? Whether it's with other witches or whether it's, you know, on the news, pay attention to the words they're using. And maybe that's the English teacher in me that's coming out right now. But really pay attention to what they're saying. Because there are people who have pretty much come out and actually used the word witch when it comes to women. You know, around the time that that happened, the bewitched statue in Salem was defaced now they said that it was somebody who was just you know kind of crazy and didn't mean anything but then the week later the satanic temple somebody set fire to that and luckily it's okay okay they caught both people and one of them was crazy one of them wasn't I don't buy it I think that it's dangerous times right now I think that um to be progressive look I'm not going back in the broom closet Like, that's just not a thing that's going to happen for me. Um, You know, but I think it is about paying attention to the conversation. Take people seriously. Take people at their word. If you're hearing people talking um, anti-uterus, because this is more than just a cis woman's issue. If you're hearing somebody talk anti-uterus, if you're hearing somebody talk anti-woman, if you're hearing somebody talk anti-trans, if you're hearing somebody talk anti-witch, take them at their word, and we have to fight. And, you know, what that's going to mean It's going to mean something different for for everybody. Some people are really good with words. Write. There was a whole campaign to write to the UN. You know, this is not over. It's not just about voting, which I'm just getting so aggravated with. That We'll just go out and vote. Well, you know what? doesn't seem to be really helping us, is it?
0: um it's really annoying when you get told go vote and then the people you vote for don't do the shit that you voted for them to do
1: yeah no kidding so <laughs> like i would say waiting start for my
0: student loans
1: yeah i know that's a no that's a whole other please <laughs> um you know I, I think people need community more now than ever yeah so if you're really stuck if you're alone you're not because we're here, and you can always reach out to us. Um, we are going to have another episode that's going to talk about specifically activism in the community. But if you do have the opportunity to connect with people, we mentioned in a podcast not that long ago that Catland was having classes. They're still having classes online. That's a great community, right? They're established witches. Maybe you won't jive with them. Maybe your you know energy won't jive with them. But there are other places online that are reputable. And if you're not sure, a couple of Google searches will help you. You should recognize some of the names they're affiliated with. If you don't recognize anybody, that might be a red flag. Or, you know, reach out to us. We'll try to get information for you. But I think it's about listening to what's happening. Don't put your head in the sand. If you are freaked out, it's okay to be freaked out. You can take a step back. You don't have to fight right now. But... At least be informed and believe what people are saying. Don't say, well, it could never get that bad. Yes, it can. If they overturned Roe versus Wade, yes, I I totally believe it could get that bad again. So, you know, no, not going back. So I I think that's what it means to be a progressive witch, kind of. But now I have to hear what you have to say.
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, when I was listening to this episode to edit it and one of the reasons that we said we have to get back on this episode um was because we I, we had recorded it earlier in the year and I had made a comment that like Christianity is passé um which I you know I've removed from the episode um but I I realized I guess that like part of being a progressive witch is also sort of, it's about your community awareness, but it's also about how your community interacts with other communities. Because my community, that statement is true. Christianity is passe. In the places that I am and the people that I'm around, they're not using their religion against me, right? At no point do I feel threatened. But just because my community is supportive in that way doesn't mean that the rest of the country or the world is interacting in that way and so for me one I wanted to come on here and be like no yeah um evangelical Christians are trying to take over the government and it's uh frightening and um Christianity's bad actually but more than that being a progressive witch is building your community around you in such a way that it then sort of leaks out to the other communities, right? So being in touch with the witches in your area to the point where now witches from other places want to, you know, contact you and be like, hey, how did you do X, Y, and Z? Talking to people online so that they know that there's a support system somewhere. Um, Being progressive, right? Progressing, moving forward. And conveniently talked about this in the podcast about spiritual bypassing. You can't just like feel the vibes and then be like, oh, well, it's I'm making it better because I'm sending out good energy. Like, yeah, keep doing that. But we have to do more than that. Um, We have
1: to do the mundane. One of the
0: things we have to do the mundane. And the thing that has been really sort of at the forefront of my mind and really frustrating to me is every time one of these like Christo fascists Gets elected or does something, everybody goes on Instagram, hex the patriarchy, hex so and so, hex Donald Trump, hex Brett Kavanaugh, hex the Supreme Court. Okay, clearly that didn't work. Clearly none of it worked. Hexing Donald Trump didn't help. Hexing Brett Kavanaugh didn't help. None of this is helping. So at what point does our, you know, oh, hex the patriarchy become a spiritual bypass? are you actually interacting with the community to help support each other? Or are you just saying, well, I'm going to hex this person and move on. Um, and like, I'm pro hex. We, I love a good hex, but a hex is useless. If we're not creating the community that supports the witches that need it.
1: And I think part of the problem with the community that maybe I'm being optimistic, but I feel like it's getting better. Um, we are becoming more inclusive while respecting boundaries. You yeah. know, I posted on, you know, I recently went to Salem, which was my last trip to Salem until next year, because I don't, I'm not going there for the Halloween town that it becomes in the fall. No. Um, <laughs> but there was a botanica. I posted, there was a botanica there right on, is it Essex street? And I, I was super happy. Do I have a need for a botanica in my life right now? No. Um, But I was super happy to see it because while maybe not everybody, right, a lot of the stuff that's in there belongs to closed practices, but it's there on the same street as Hex, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, a Wiccan shop. So... We're, it belongs, you know, all this stuff belongs. And I think we're seeing this inclusivity, inclusivity. And I'm also seeing people on social media talk about the fact that this is closed. Don't go there. We can do this. We still support each other. So I think that while we do that, our community grows. And, you know, I, I think that our community is also getting, and I could be wrong, but I feel like it's getting a little less judgy. Right? You don't have to particular. And again, I'm like you. I'm seeing what I'm seeing right here. We're very lucky. We're New York. And I can't stress how much that makes a difference. Even driving to Salem, here's something that I should have done. I was like, did I check the route that we're taking and where it's taking us through? Because you don't know anymore. You don't know who's friend or Mm foe. Like there are parts of rockland that are very very odd and are they feeling more bold now with everything quite possibly so i'm not even saying that oh, there are pockets in new york like a
0: little bit a yeah. little bit upstate it's kentucky they have straight up confederate flags flying on the back of their cars which doesn't yeah. make any sense because bro you were never part of the confederacy <laughs> You know, Ever. so much
1: doesn't make any sense with these people, but um, you know, I think, I think if you do nothing else, at least be informed. And you know, I remember uh, an article coming out when people were shocked that Trump became president, and they said one of the reasons is our social media is geared to just have us, right, people that are like minded. So we're in this bubble and we think everybody thinks this way. So then when somebody else gets elected, you go, but what happened? So it's about reaching out into the other bubbles and seeing what people are saying, people that don't think like you. Because, again, that's when the next strike is going to hit and we should at least know where it's going to come from.
0: If you're, say, a white woman listening to our podcast, please use your white woman powers to do actual local community outreach right? Being online is great, but like, find a day to go to your local food bank. Find a day that you can donate some tampons and pads and formula to mothers who are still struggling in a formula shortage, right? Reach out to local organizations, even if some of those organizations maybe don't align with your witchiness, or you, you know, maybe are interacting with people who you don't like, because part of that is, okay, now my local area, people are being supported. And when people are being supported, they are feeling safer. They're feeling more comfortable. You're able to change that local place. And then it bleeds out into greater areas. We can't, we can't do everything online just in our bubble of safe people that we know and love. There has oh my- to be a little bit of out of your comfort zone.
1: Which is tough because, you know, some of us are still struggling with the pandemic. Depending on where you are, the numbers could be really high. People are not sure what to do. It's a, it's a For so many reasons, it's a very difficult time, whether it's physically difficult for some people who are not able to get out to people who are still struggling with their mental health with everything. You know, um, I think the one thing you cannot do is beat yourself up for the things you can't do. You do what you can, right, yeah, and that's why I said, even if it's just reading right now, just be informed, and then you'll take yeah. steps um, It's not impossible, and we can get through this. It's just going to be really horrible for a while,
0: <laughs> yeah Ugh. yeah, it's rough out here, um this was a good book. <laughs>
1: This was a great book. It was just really weird reading it. And by the way, I, I just to mention on the podcast, I would tell Gemini every single time that I would hear a podcast, like the last one where I talk about how in the summer they charge to go to the lake, to park at the lake. And then I'm like, but not now because I had recorded it like, oh, yeah. like back in March or something. So I don't know if anybody caught little things like that, but I think there were little clues that those podcasts weren't coming out exactly around the time the way they normally are. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I do. I know that, you know, when we recorded this, we recommended reading this book, but I especially think now this is one of those books you might want to pick up because I do think there are a lot of really useful tidbits for what being a progressive witch means and how to incorporate that idea of progress into your witchcraft, not just in the context of America is Burning, but in the context of your entire life as a human being.
1: Yeah. I also feel this is, and I know I've said this in other podcasts before, this might be what we're all here for. This might be what the witches are here for. This might be why we've been growing in numbers so much, you know? So keep hexing. But keep doing the mundane stuff. You know what's funny about the hexing? I, I you know, I often wondered about this. So there were many people who tried to hex Castro, the um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: former dictator in Cuba. And I don't know who told me that said, well, he has a Santera who's very powerful working for him. And that's why nothing that we do is ever going to get through. And part of me is like, maybe, or maybe, maybe I've just watched too many horror films where you send like energy to like the demon and instead of the demon going ah it goes and just kind of sucks it up and it's like now i'm stronger
0: and i wonder sometimes if you do necrotic damage to a zombie it heals
1: yeah so part of me is like is that what's happening when people hex all these different conservatives they're just like absorbing whatever i mean come on they're coming from a place of hate there is no place of god there You know, I mean, that is just pure hate. So if you're sending that, is it being absorbed? Are they just like getting more powerful? I don't know. I don't have the answers to that. Again, this is coming from horror movies, not from any kind of witch text that I've read. So just leaving it there.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that this episode also contains a ton of ideas for episodes for season five. Another episode for season five might be like good versus evil. No. Just the concept. Yeah. Just in case we want to really, like, unpack incredibly complicated ideas and moralities. Like, yeah. Let's go yes. for I
1: do. I do want to, you know. Okay. So, it was really funny because I was talking to... I, I never shut up. So...
0: That's why we couple,
1: have a podcast. couple of weeks ago, that's why we have a podcast. <laughs> so, I'm getting tattooed and... I don't even know what this came Oh, because I was going to listen to our podcast and I'm talking to the the artist and we just started talking about witchcraft in general and she's not a witch very skeptical loved her love her art love the Mm -hmm. way she thinks and at one point I don't know what we said and we're like yeah Daryl Gardner that dirty old man she's like is he or is this just like puritanical thinking and I was like Damn, you want to be on the podcast with us? Because I thought that was really kind of cool. Like, yeah, is it because we're American and Americans have like this ooh thing about bodies and being nude and sex and everything? It was just kind of interesting because you want to be a progressive witch, but somewhere in our culture is this pur- puritanical thinking. First time I went to Barcelona and I saw this ad, it was. I think for like Suntale Ocean or some shit. And the woman had like her breasts out. And I remember I like walked by and was like, oh my God. Like if I see it on TV, I don't go, oh my God, like breasts don't horrify me. But in that context, it was like, mm-hmm. why is there an ad with a woman's breasts out? So that's just an American thing. There's nothing wrong with having her breasts out. But it, it, I noticed it because it was just, huh, why? You know what I mean? Oh, scandalous type yeah. of thing. So.
0: I love that you mentioned that because I don't, one of the things that we didn't really discuss when we were like, we're going to come back on and add something to the podcast is, I don't know uh, how much you like went back to the book or not. Um, but in the book, they talk about like how Protestantism fucked with the development of uh, paganism And I mentioned in the podcast, Protestantism is sort of the root of our problems in America because the Puritans were religious extremists, (laughs) right? Like in Germany, they're taught religious extremists left England to go start life in America. But we talk about them as just like, oh yeah, they just wanted freedom of religion. Why can't we have it now then? if That's what we're founded on. Why can't we have it now?
1: I saw this, um, I think I sent it to you, newspaper article. I just sent you like the little clip or whatever. And it said that these um, in Florida for a school football game, since now you have prayer in school, that the satanic group wants to like lead a satanic prayer. And I'm like, go forth and enjoy yourselves. And, you know, um, this is going to be interesting how it plays out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm very interested to see um, where the Satanic Temple does lawsuits because I know it's happening since that's like canonically their whole shtick. It's going to be interesting to know what states and, and whether or not they come to fruition.
1: Listen, I have been saying for years to my AP lit class, and I don't know if I've ever said it to my research class, but in English, because all these kids were in honors classes, they read a lot of mythology, Greek mythology. So before the test, I always said, who are we sacrificing to Zeus so that you guys can get a five? I've been saying that for years. And the funny thing is I've actually had classes that have taken it very seriously. And they've tried to figure out who would be the best God to like sacrifice to. And Mm -hmm. then following that, what kid should be sacrificed? I mean, it's hysterical because obviously they know I'm not serious. But um,
0: it's Athena and she doesn't want a kid. Obviously.
1: Well, that's always been my joke in in the classes. And now I'm thinking, oh, God.
0: So obviously, with the podcast that we've already recorded, we're not going to spend another hour discussing the things that are happening. But we wanted to make sure you guys knew that we're here with you. We're also angry about it. And there's definitely stuff coming in the pipeline for those of you who are you know, concerned and not sure how to get involved in activism. So we're going to do a table talk about that later in the year. Um, definitely keep an eye on the Instagram. If you're not following us on Instagram, you should be because that's where all of our updates are. We only post a podcast twice a month, so we just can't get you all of the information that we need to through the podcast.
1: And we have giveaways on Instagram.
0: Oh yeah. We'd be giving yeah. away stuff all the time. Um, i message people we talk about stuff sometimes i post pictures of my child's leg because i had a child and if you're interested in learning about the baby bat we're gonna have a podcast about that uh the end of august so keep an eye out for all your updates on that note thank you guys so much for listening to us and giving us the opportunity to have a no duds year to have multiple years of a podcast that you listen to and enjoy. It's been great, and I want it to keep being great, so please keep listening to us. Um, please reach out, email witchspaceco at gmail.com, hit us up on Instagram. Anytime we're at events, please come up to us. I mean, we really love hearing from you, truly and honestly, especially about this book. We really want to know what's your takes. Unless you're gonna yell at me for being spicy, don't do that. I don't like to be yelled at. <laughs> yell at her, yell at her, because I get tired no. of yelling at her. So I'm so to. fragile. And of course, thank you to Kano and Moore for our intro and outro music that we love and are obsessed with. And remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us.